Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's Movie Blog. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? And welcome to the One Man Low Council. Happy Tuesday to everyone out there. Hope everyone is doing well. We got a lot of things to talk about tonight. One, of course, is the Joker box office, which is just doing incredibly well. Last time I checked, it was well over half a billion dollars at this point. And based on the maths, that's right, everyone loves some good maths every now and then. Based on the maths, if my calculations are correct the film will will range somewhere between 900 and 1.1 billion dollars 900 million to 1.1 billion dollars by the end of its run and the fact that all of that is without china is extremely impressive. Now, whether China decides to come in at the last minute and have a couple screenings, I don't know. But even if they don't, the fact that they could potentially reach China, or rather they could potentially reach a billion without China, is pretty damn impressive. And in fact, you know what? I want them to. I would love for Joker to be one of the first films to release, not in China, to reach a billion dollars as a rated R film, as just a film in general. I think that would be freaking awesome. So we're going to talk about that, of course, and any questions you might have about that. But also, something that my Valkyrie just reminded me of, of, and it's something that I was actually informed about yesterday by an email, is that AMC, the movie theater chain here in the United States, has just released today a new on-demand service. So now you can rent and buy movies from AMC Theater's app directly. I'm not exactly sure if you have to be an AMC Stubbs member. I don't think you do. Maybe you do for now in the very beginning process. But the prediction that I made several months back that we are seeing ourselves moving into the streaming wars and that eventually you will have movies that will indeed just go straight to the streaming service. Netflix has already shown that. But even bigger studios like Disney, like uh, you know Warner Brothers and all these giant behemoths will eventually not even have theatrical releases anymore because it costs so much in order to put a film out in theaters versus putting it on your own streaming service. It cuts a lot of red tape. It cuts a lot of having, you know, it cuts a lot of profit share margins too. And the fact that you have a movie chain now moving in that direction with AMC being, of course, the biggest movie chain here in the United States, that is gigantic news. That is a key indication that they see the writing on the wall. They know if they don't start this now, that they themselves will very quickly become irrelevant and I honestly think that what they're doing right now is they're trying to diversify 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 with the hopes that if eventually certain theaters or rather certain movie studios begin to hold on to their properties and not give theatrical releases to them that they will still be able to make profits off of movie rentals and movie purchases through their own service. I think it's interesting. I think that it's a game changer. I would not be surprised if you see other theater chains like Regal, for example, follow suit. Remember, it was not long after, about maybe a year or so after the AMC Stubbs A-list started that you had actually probably even longer than that at this point. But the A-list program where you had Regal come out with something similar because they knew that they had to compete as well. And now you've got the competition wars. So it's it's truly insane. So they don't have a streaming service per se, right? You still have to buy and rent individual titles. But the fact that AMC is diving into this is interesting. And to me, as an AMC A-list subscriber, what I'm really hoping is that they're able to make certain deals so that with my AMC subscription, I get special access, right? Or maybe it could be where I have three movies, right? I have three movies I can see every week. Imagine if they say one of those you can use to purchase a film. That would be a game changer. I don't think they will because it would probably make them lose a lot of money, but I'm very excited by the prospect. Obviously, it's brand new. I'm sure they're working out kinks. I have not purchased or rented a movie through the AMC app yet to say how it works, but I do know that 
they are already offering people the ability to download it onto their phone or onto their device. So that way you can have online, uh, offline viewing. So that's already a huge step. Many services like Netflix and Hulu, it took them a long time to eventually get to that point. So it's interesting. It's interesting. It's, it's incredibly, uh, it's exciting times, I would say, as, as a movie lover, even as dark as the movie world really is right now with all of the crap films we've been getting and the giant studios taking over. Uh, but there is also some excitement going on too. So when we can go positive, we indeed stay positive. But anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome every single person in there. So let's go ahead and get started with the chat. So Micah Martinez says, I really like the new redesign of Sonic, but I feel like the film's plot will suck, but that's just me. I'm the same way. Do I have high hopes the film will be good? Not really. I don't have very high hopes for the film being good, but even with that being said, I think that there is still a chance, right? I think that there's definitely still a chance that it could, that it could potentially, it could potentially be uh, entertaining enough, right? That it might be able to fit into this family film category where it's not just going lowest common denominator by going for just for the kids, right? But instead going for a broader audience, it could go in that direction. If it decides to go in that direction, that to me would make the film much more worth, you know, worthy of seeing. I'm just glad the director came out and said, Hey, we made a mistake. Let's go ahead and fix it. They seem to have fixed the problem based on the leaks. If the leaks indeed are true and Hey, Looks like we're getting a film in February that I would not have seen otherwise. I had no interest in seeing it. But because the directors come out and said, hey, I made a mistake. I'm going to change. Guess what? Now I have more respect for that person because there's so many other people in Hollywood that could really learn a lesson from that, right? And also, I was mentioning the uh, Joker box office. So currently speaking, as of today, the Joker's box office is up to $556.6 million. That's incredibly good for a rated R film for a DC Comics film. This film, I, I predict that by the end of this coming weekend, even with Disney's heavy hitting, and I say heavy hitting with quotations, Maleficent, which I just, I, I can't see doing well. I mean, again, they could easily prove me wrong there, but I just cannot see the <laughs> Maleficent doing very well because I don't know anyone that really wants to see it. I don't know anyone that really was asking for that movie to get a sequel, right? And I'm just amazed that they were making a sequel. Like, in my mind, I still remember the old school, uh, you know, the old school film where it was, it just ended, right? <laughs> it's just, it, it doesn't make any sense. Right now, we're not getting any box office forecasting, at least at this point in time, for the movies that are coming out this weekend. Um, let me try and see if I can find something. So, here's the latest. Actually, we do. We do have some openings. So, the opening... Uh, <laughs> the opening for Maleficent Mistress of Evil is set to be around 40 to 55 million dollars with a total domestic forecast of 120. Keep in mind that Joker just passed around 200 million domestically. That's huge. That that that's gigantic. Mistress of Evil only getting 40 to 55 and let's say it underperforms because again that's a range what if it underperforms? What if Joker continues to overperform? If Joker has another drop like it had last weekend where it's only 40 to 50%, that means the film's going to make around 25, 26 million dollars. And so you look at a film like Maleficent and you look at a film that will barely get number 1 against Joker's third week out. Compare that to Zombieland 2. Zombieland 2 is set for 25 to 34 million. There is a world where Joker could potentially get if not third place, is pretty much guaranteed at this point. It will definitely get third at least. But there is a good chance that Joker, as a rated R film, gets second place in its third week out. And if Maleficent plummets, 
if the kids don't show up, if the families don't show up, which I think they will because Disney has shown a very strong control over them, but also we could have a situation where, like we had with Alice in Wonderland, right? When Alice in Wonderland, the first film made a billion dollars, did very well, and then the second film just sucked. The second film just did not do well at all. Could this be in that situation where the film does not make as much as the first film did? I kind of hope it does. It's a sequel that no one asked for, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, obviously, they made enough money to justify making a sequel, but I still think it's interesting nonetheless. In fact, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and unpull that up because you know what? We, we do this stuff live, man. We do this stuff live. That is what we do. That is what we do. The one thing I will say about uh, StreamYards that I've been getting used to that's really nice is that it's very easy to share your screen in that one. I know you can share your screen on this one. I just don't have the mental capacity for it. So the first Maleficent film, okay, yeah, so this this makes sense. So the first Maleficent film made $758 million. So that's pretty impressive. On a $180 million budget, which is overpaying, it cost almost $200 to make that first film. Damn, son. Wow. So they made about $750 million. Let's assume, you know, diminishing returns, it makes about half of that. That, that would make it closer to, what, 350 360-ish million dollars worldwide, if it's lucky. That, that's, that's not good. And you know the production budget went up. You know that film probably cost at least $200 million to make at this point. Um, so not looking good. Uh, so Disney has had a lot of big hits this year. I don't think Maleficent 2 is going to be able to get there. I don't know. What say you? I'd love to hear your thoughts about that in the chat. But interesting, 40 to $55 million is the projection for the domestic opening of Maleficent 2, Mistress of Evil. And as I said, Joker had a 43% drop from week one to week two. It went from roughly $100 million, around $96 million officially, to around $55 million. In fact, let me go ahead and see if I can find the official numbers on that because we had just had projections up at that point. So let's see what boxofficemojo.com says, the full daily chart. So let's see, Joker. Um, see, Joker for the weekend. It made 55.8. So the number has not since been adjusted. So it went from 96 to 55. If it has a similar drop and doesn't lose any theaters, which it might lose a couple with these new movies coming out, that means the film will make roughly 25 to $30 million. And if, as I said before, Maleficent is in that 40 to $55 million and it underperforms, that, that, that would not be good for Disney. That's for damn sure. Uh, heading over to DLive for a second. Let's see. Captain Dean Heiss. What's going on, Captain Dean Heiss? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Sir Wiggy, Sir Wiggy McSchwiggity. That is wonderful. That's a wonderful name. Captain Dean Heiss says, so who exactly was asking for Maleficent 2? That's a great question. I don't know of anyone that was asking for it. There might be some people in the chat. Maybe people in the chat who have kids or who are drawn to uh, the family-friendly Disney films, which I know there are. I mean, I tend to be drawn to them, too, when they're not just for kids and when they're meant for the entire family. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who would be asking for it at this point. It really doesn't make any sense. All right, jump back over to YouTube for a second. Very sorry, indeed, about all the commentary. But you know what? Hey, this is stuff that I, that I love. I love talking box office. And when it comes to AMC, you all know I used to work at an AMC. I got a, love for, I got a lot of love for AMC. I got some criticisms of AMC as well. I was, a, I was a keyboard warrior back in the day when they changed the AMC Movie Watchers program to the AMC Subs program. <laughs> the, the only thing that got me through is the fact that they offered me a free year 
of the AMC subs program. And I ended up realizing that it was still beneficial to me. It was not as good as it was before, but it was still beneficial to me. Uh, but before I get to the chat, Riff Magos, thank you very much for the $3 donation. Thank you very much, man. He says, hello, Odin. I hope you're well. I'm glad I can catch a live stream. Glad you can catch one too, man. I feel like it's been a while. Hope you are doing just fine. And thank you again for that donation. I really do appreciate it. All right, Tina says, my TV version of YouTube was about to show a 10-minute ad before your stream. Are they out of their minds? That's pretty crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what... I I can't control what ads play. I can control what type of ads play, and I always have skippable ads on. So So luckily, hopefully, you were able to skip that. Tommy says, greetings, Odin. Odin, Hope all is well. Hope all is well with you as well. Alice McCarthy also says, howdy, Odin. How's it going? I've got Smallville on the TV, my all-time favorite show. Smallville's a very good show. Smallville was solid. That that it might be the only one of the only aspects of Crisis on Infinite Earths that I'm actually interested in are what characters from Smallville are going to be brought in. There's also they've just released in a trailer apparently. They they've leaked this that there's going to be a reference to Michael Keaton's Batman in Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's really cool. Um that that's that is really cool. Is it going to be enough for me to jump into those series? Probably not. I would say that I'm interested enough in this in this series of events that's going to happen uh, in the probably what the fall I'm imagining because I think they're filming the process of filming is still happening right now. So I'm assuming the episodes won't come out until uh, until well, actually no. What am I thinking? <laughs> We're already in the fall. Uh, probably won't come out until what spring summer next fall at the latest, right? And so I'm interested in at least checking it out hell of a lot more interested than than watching anything that Batwoman's doing. <laughs> Let's see. Super Anime Gamer says, hello, what is up, my dude? How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. Also, if you're a fan of the podcast, if you like to listen back to these um, as podcast form, I, I went through about three weeks of shows and uploaded them in, in succession. So if you follow the podcast, I'm sorry, because you just got inundated with a crap ton of episodes. <laughs> um, but also, if you follow my secondary channel, Welcome to Asgard, I saw a bunch of people unsubscribed. And I don't blame you, because you literally got about 10-plus uploads in a success- like in about a 10-minute period. And they were all just episodes. So the reason why is because I use RedCircle.com is the site I use to host my, my podcast, to, to host the files as podcasts. And they have an option where you can upload it to YouTube as a podcast. And I'm like, oh, that, that sounds like a pretty neat idea. And so that's what I'm going to start to do. I'm going to start to hopefully be a little bit more time sensitive and actually get these up as podcasts more quickly and not build up a giant catalog. Hopefully having just the, just, just the Tuesday and uh, Saturday stream will make that a lot easier. But I did want to say sorry for destroying anyone's podcast feeds lately. Hypernex13 says, Happy to see Joker doing well. Fun fact, the budget cost lower than Unbreakable. Crazy, right? Also, in other news, Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. Any thoughts? I don't know. Yeah, so getting into your first point about the budget, yeah, $55 million. And keep in mind that Unbreakable, when you adjust for inflation, might be a little bit more than that. Uh, I, I don't remember the actual, the official uh, budget for Unbreakable. But because of inflation, it's going to be more than what it says on paper. The fact remains this. It doesn't matter how much that movie costs because this movie is making crap tons of money. The fact that a $55 million budget could yield a film that's close to a billion dollars is unheard of. Not just a film that's close to a billion dollars, a rated R movie. This, this film is set to break records, man. This film is set to set a new standard that, hey, guess what? You can make a rated R movie, you can make a good movie, and it can feature a comic character, and you can still make money off of it. What I'm really hoping, 
what I'm really hoping is that what they're able to do with this is they're able to take this, they're able to realize what fans want, and give fans what they want. If they're able to do that, great. Here's my fear. My fear is that they will see the cash, and then they will try and abuse the cash, which is the more likely scenario that's going to happen, because this is what's always happened, right? You had Avatar, which you all know my opinions on Avatar. The effects were pretty groundbreaking for the time. They also utilized 3D in a very unique way. But what happened from that? Everyone saw, oh, this movie made over $2 billion. Oh, they used 3D. Oh, in my brain, I think that must mean that 3D is going to make more money. And guess what? For a little while, it did because they were able to charge people up the wazoo. They were able to force theaters to have a certain number at certain times of 3D showings, which really tricked a lot of audiences. There were audiences all the time that would come to see the movie, and I would have to tell them, oh, by the way, that's a 3D showing. And they would say, well, I don't want to see a 3D showing. And I'd say, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, but that that's the only showing for the next four hours. <laughs> and they had every right to be upset. They had every, <laughs> every right to be critical of that, right? But, of course, we had no control over that because the studio dictates the schedule in a lot of ways. But yeah, I'm very happy to see Joker doing as well as it is financially. Definitely glad to see that happening. Uh, Digital Diablo, thank you very much for subscribing to the channel. I appreciate that. Let me go ahead and just move that over. That way that can be taken care of. Uh, so I recently Streamlabs got an update. Uh, I don't know how to feel about it just yet, but so far I like it because I have a lot of control over various things. It's nice. Let's see how long, let's see how long it lasts though. All right, chat jumped on me, so let's see where we are. So Tommy says at 7.01 in the chat, so I'm about 17 minutes behind. So again, I'm not skipping any comments yet, um, but sometimes YouTube skips the comments for me. Uh, but right now I'm at 7.01 in the chat where currently in my life it is 7.20, right? It's around 7.20, so I'm about 18 minutes behind, which happens, right? So Tommy says, greetings, Odin, hope all is well. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you very much. Uh, actually, no, no comments for Skip. Perfect, 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 perfect. Uh, Alice McCarthy says, I like the sound of that since my back is all foobar. Now I'll be able to watch theatrical movies when they come out. Yeah, so I think that that is eventually where you'll see that happen, right? That eventually, just like what Netflix is doing right now, right? So Irishman, it's coming to Netflix. Um, I think there's a, there's a few limited releases of it theatrically. Um, but even then the studios are fighting tooth and nail against Netflix because they do not want that film to get any release because that means that the film would not be able to be eligible for Oscars. Right. And so basically it's just this, you know, pissing contest about who has more power. And it's sad. It really is sad to see that that's what the current state of our film industry is. But yeah, I think that that eventually will be the case. And for people like you that, that kind of need that, right. That kind of need that ability to watch films in the comfort of your own home because of a medical issue. Um, but at the same time, and I know you could probably test to this, it will lead other people that don't have that medical need to not ever want to leave their homes. And then guess what we have? Wally. <laughs> Wally becomes our future. Aid Vickery says, cinema may change, but will survive. 35 odd years ago, video was going to kill off cinema. The cinema experiences will survive. It will to an extent. Here, here's the big thing. With the studios now going in the direction of all getting their own streaming service, they can't continue to spend, or rather, to spend the amount of money that they are on movies, but also they can't afford to charge the amount of money that they are because now people will say, oh, I'm just going to get the Disney streaming service. I'm not going to see your movie in theaters. I can just wait about two, three months, and then all of a sudden I'll have access to it as a part of my subscription, I won't have to pay extra for it, and I'll get to see it from the comfort of my home. Because keep in mind, too, that home studios are becoming much more affordable. 
It is easier than ever to get a 4K television. 4K televisions about five years ago were crazy expensive. Now you can get a 50-inch, which is a, a pretty standard size 4K television, for about 300 bucks. I mean, it's becoming so much more affordable to do that. And so I honestly think that because of things like that, because of that issue, that theaters might survive for a little bit, but at the end of the day, at some point, we're going to have, they're going to go the way, in my opinion, of the uh, drive-in, right? You still have them around, but they're specialized and they're very limited. We still love them. We still want to go to them. There's this nostalgia aspect to them. But it's it's different, right? The only thing that I can think of that could ever change it would be if they're hosting a VR hub. Because I think that could be a future of, f- of film as well. Where not only do you watch a film, you become part of one. You become inundated. You literally are seeing everything around you. That could be a future. Um, very similar to the book version of Ready Player One. Ready Player One, the movie, didn't really hit the ball out of the park on that one. But I could see that being a future for sure. Uh, Tina says that remember my fellow Valkyrie is attending a retirement party for a coworker who gave 22 years of service to the community. Yes, indeed. So, so prayers out to Steph. Hope she's having fun at that event. And thanks to Tina for sticking out. John Earl says, Oh, Father, I was validated recently when my family foolishly bought a Fandango gift card and none of the movie theaters in North Minnesota take Fandango tickets. <laughs> And that's why Fandango sucks. What's going on, Frank? I saw you in there. Laura says, I'm going to see Joker again tomorrow. So excited it's doing well. I am too. I really want to find time to be able to go see it again. I still want to see it in IMAX, especially before Maleficent comes out because it's Disney. And so Disney is going to make them have to show that movie in IMAX. And man, oh man, nothing would make me happier than if Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, completely bombed the box office. You know what would be my favorite thing? You know what would be the best thing that could happen this weekend? Joker comes in at number one again in its third week over a Disney movie. That would make me so happy. It's going to be hard. It's not likely because the Disney machine is strong. But man, oh man, would I be happy. Especially since Maleficent Mistress of Evil probably got a China release. In fact, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and check that right now because I will have a huge gripe. I will have a huge gripe, my friends, if that is the case. Because th- there's, there's, something, there's something about China, right? where they don't allow films that deal with magic, and yet they've made exceptions for things like Doctor Strange. They assume, uh, they probably made exceptions for the first Maleficent, but let me just double-check that. So Maleficent 2, Mistress of Evil. Let's go ahead and dive into its release date. So its release date is October 18th. Let's see. Did this film get a... <laughs> You're darn right it did. So Maleficent, which deals with a sorceress, meaning it, it deals with magic gets a China release. But Joker, which is just an adult great film, doesn't get a China release. How does that make any sense? Oh yeah, you want to know why? Because Disney plays ball with China. If you want to really dive into that, look at what's going on with the NBA right now. Look at what's going on at Hong Kong right now. If you want to dive into why one of the many reasons I have issues with with Disney, if you hate the NBA because of how they kowtow to China, you should have the same exact anger for Disney because they do the same exact thing. They will do anything and everything to get their movies in China, even if it means uh, fighting against human rights. It's just, it's disgusting. These giant corporations are truly disgusting in how all they care about are profits and they could not give a damn about human life. They could not give a damn about human rights. It is truly disgusting. 
So you want to know why I hate Disney? You want to know why I'm on a crusade against Disney? It's because of this crap. So Mistress of Evil, they get a China release, not Joker. And you know what? Even with a China release, I am hoping and praying that those Chinese audiences say, screw you, Disney. We're not going. But then, of course, the Chinese government, because it's a communist system, which, again, Chinese government, you suck. For all I know, they could force their people to go see it. They could force their people to go watch it. What's going to stop them? They have all the power. God, communism stupid. Uh, Zach Gregg says, Hail Odin from The Working Man. Thanks, Zach Gregg. I appreciate it. Bruce says, The trailers of the new Maleficent have not moved me like the first one, which I love. Well, I'm glad you liked the first one. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, Tina says, Oh, I skipped it, especially since I had no interest in watching Joe Biden droning <laughs> droning at me for some reason. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, very confused, my friend. Laura says, Star Wars dad joke, is the is the BB hungry? No, the BB-8. Ba-dun-cha. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Star Wars dad jokes. We used to have someone that would came in and would always do Star Wars dad jokes, and it was great. All right, Captain Dean Heisover on DLive says, got to get the commentary out since you don't have the Monday streams anymore. Got to get the commentary out since you don't have the streams anymore. That's very true, Dean Heis. That's very, very true, Captain Dean Heist. So maybe it's a good thing that I'm getting more of the commentary out. That's very true. A lot of things happen on Mondays, it seems. A lot of new things. Alice McCarthy says, It's okay, Aiden. It's okay, Odin. I bite the bullet for all and watch all of the Arrowverse shows. Supergirl is finally not doing it for me this year so far. It's about as boring as Batwoman. Well, I guess that's just the thing, too, is that when it comes down to it, I, I've been so done with Supergirl for so long. Because it became very apparent very early on that they only cared about pushing a message and not about actually telling the story of Supergirl. Bruce says, I have a general question. How can anyone blame white males, incels, etc. for anything failing unless they were the key demographic and they just didn't watch? Yeah, I, I don't know. I honestly don't. I, I think that it really just comes down to the media's narrative, trying to paint a picture, failing to do so, and audiences saying, yeah, you know what? Screw you. <laughs> you know, the audience saying, no, 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 you, you don't tell us what to watch. You don't tell us what we should believe or what should we, you know, it's just what movies we should like. It's ridiculous. So no, I think that was definitely a case of the audience saying, screw you. Ah, oh, man. Oh man. Al Scarley says, I kept pressing the like button for all them uploads you did for the other channel. Figured it would help some. And thank you, man. I saw your comments on those, man. And I really do appreciate you liking those. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I, I knew that at that point, day like it would be awful because it would just be like oh my god there's 10,000 new uploads but it's all old content uh but I do I do really want to start putting more content not just the podcast but I really do start want to start doing you know more more original content for the channel it's just it's a burnout situation you know I, I have a lot of I had a lot of plans that I wanted to do and I just I get home I do my video and then I'm just like I, I, I can't I can't record anymore a lot of it has to do with the fact that my chair which which has never been a problem before but ever since I had a, a meeting uh, before our fall break. I had to sit down for most of the day, and it just did it did something. It did something to my back, to my, to my, my pelvis area or something. And now it's just so uncomfortable to sit for long periods of time. So it's just I, I can't do it anymore. Uh, that's why I haven't been recording as much, or rather that that's why I, I've not been doing extra content for that channel. I might have to start just bringing my vlog camera with me when I'm driving home and then just be like, boom, here we go, boom, here we go. And talk about just any, you know, non-movie related topic or, you know, something else. I don't know. I, I, I would love to start adding stuff to the to that channel, though. 
HyperNext13 says, oh, wow, thanks for correcting me, Odin, on the inflation budget for Unbreakable. The actual budget for it was $75 million, but yeah, it's dang impressive for a radar film to do this well. Exactly, man. And still, $75 million? Again, not a huge budget. $55 million, even less than that. So, yeah, Hyperman, it's, it's, it's incredible. It really is incredible that it costs less for the Joker, and the Joker is making so much money. Super Anime Gamer says, I think its success also proves that critics and MS, uh, mainstream media opinions really don't matter to lots of people anymore, and they hate that. Yes, they do. They absolutely hate that. This is a spit in their face. That's why I've been so supportive. That's why I've made so many videos with the Joker. I want people to see it because I think it's a good movie. And also, not only is it a good movie, it's an important movie. Because if you support this film, if this film is successful, you know, it's already working, right? It's already successful. But if this film can break records, if this film can break precedents, that would be the biggest middle finger to the mainstream media that anyone could possibly give. And guess what? All of that without firing a shot. All of that without any sign of violence whatsoever. You speak with your wallet. You speak with your heart. And guess what? Hopefully, someone will listen. Tina says, yeah, I blame myself if Batwoman fails for real. No, 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 I don't. Uh, Orange Eye Review says, my thoughts on Zoe Kravitz casting is I like it. They auditioned multiple peoples of different races, so they did it based on merit and not agenda. Yeah, Orange Eye Review, to, to be honest, um, I think ever since the Halle Berry casting, any person would have been a good choice. <laughs> Just <laughs> directly in comparison, right? Uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty rough. Um However, getting back to it, because I know someone had asked that earlier and I forgot, but that's my ADD for you. Uh, what are my thoughts about the Zoe Kravis casting? I'm, I'm ambivalent towards it. I, I don't think that she's that talented of an actress. I've only seen her in a few things. And every time I've seen her, she just seems just very dull. She just seems like a very dull personality. Uh, y'all might have other experiences. Maybe there's a movie I haven't seen that uh, she was in. I, I mean, the the most I've seen her in were the Divergent films, I believe, that she was in. And it was just boring. It was kind of like a Brie Larson plank effect, right? Just, just dull, no life to it. If y'all can share something that might be showing a different side of that character or that, that actress, I would love to see it. But yeah, so I'm I'm more against it because of acting prowess and not because of agenda or race or you know anything like that, right? Which I think still came into play. I think that that did still have an impact, right? I think that they were still thinking that when they made the casting. However, when Halle Berry was cast, that kind of already you know threw open the doors for for it to be anyone really. And so I don't have a problem with it because of because of anything like that, right? I'm not gonna go race swap, race swap. You know, other other people can do that. I won't. I'll instead focus on the objective reality that I don't think that she's a good actress. Blake Hamlow says, Hey, Odin, it's great to be here tonight with you and everyone else in the chat. I had Thanksgiving yesterday with the family, and my pet moose named Carl got too fat from the turkey. <laughs> oh, that's great. A pet cat named Moose. I love that. Also, yes, happy belated Canadian Thanksgiving. It was Canadian Thanksgiving yesterday, or uh, this past weekend. Uh, so congratulations, Canada. I don't know exactly what Canadian Thanksgiving is, but it sounds like a good time. Uh, CAF Productions coming to another stream. What's going on, CAF Productions? Hyper says, my personal top 10 comic book movies, Dark Knight, Unbreakable, Joker, Logan, Batman Begins, Infinity War, Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, V for Vendetta. That's interesting that you put Spider-Man 2 after Spider-Man 1 because many people argue that Spider-Man 2 is the better film. I personally like Spider-Man 1, and it comes down to one scene. The end scene of Spider-Man 2 with MJ running in the damn wedding dress makes me 
facepalm every single time. The rest of the movie's great. That part makes me facepalm. <laughs> so I would agree. I think that one is better than two in that in that instance. Um, I mostly agree with your list. I would put Joker a little higher on the list. I'd probably go uh, Dark Knights. Actually, you know what? It's hard to say. When you break it down to comic book movies, there's a lot of movies that I'm probably not even considering right now that I've forgotten or maybe even some films I haven't even seen. But most of the films on that list are, are pretty solid. Mr. Roy, thank you for the $3 donation. Thank you so much, Mr. Roy. No message. Thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate that. Uh, I know Mr. Roy is usually one of my DLive fan, but I think DLive is having uh, some technical issues over there. So that might be why he's donating because I, I don't think anyone's able to donate. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm honestly not sure. But anyway, thanks for watching anyway on DLive. Hopefully, I can still do my chest opening for you guys. That way, y'all can get some uh, some Lino. Uh, let's see. Kim Cam Park says, the yoga haven't helped. Uh, I haven't tried the yoga yet, uh, Kim Cam Park, just because I I am just so... I, I, I'm lazy. Let's just be honest here. I'm lazy. I also procrastinate a lot. And also, I hate stretching. I hate stretching with a passion. To me, stretching is too much work. <laughs> That's where the laziness comes in, man. So I de- I know I need to start doing those uh the wall drills that y'all y'all have been telling me about the wall stretches, right? And yeah, I I just I need a yogi in my life. That's what I need. I need I need, I need Steph here right now, like teaching me how to do how, <laughs> how to fix my back. Gavin Knight says Zoe Kravitz is just riding her father's coattails. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I again I just I don't know if she's got the talent for it. Service says, saw Joker this weekend and loved it. I'm with you. I'm scared of Warner. I think they'll get the wrong idea and will try to mainstream this clearly alternate take on Joker. Please don't. The only thing that could keep them from that, I think, would be the fact that Joaquin Phoenix has been very clear that he has no interest in doing any type of franchise. He has been talking in conversations recently showing he might be more open to a sequel or to reappearing as this character. What I'm hoping happens, and I've mentioned this before on the channel, and also I mentioned it over on the John Flickinger channel, and actually he posted a, uh, if you don't know John Flickinger, he's a great guy, great YouTuber, and we do a podcast together every couple weeks, and he posted a clip from that podcast, because he does, he does it for his Patreon members of a certain tier, and he posted a clip of it, and he posted a clip of us talking about the future of Batman and also how it might be connected to the Jokerverse. And I've, I've said it before though, I think it'd be really cool if the Batman movie that they have coming up next is taking place in this same Joker universe, right? Where the events that led to his parents' death are exactly how they are laid out in the Joker film and the Joker character itself exists in this world. Now, whether he exists bodily, whether Joaquin Phoenix shows up, I could go either way with it. I think that it could work either way as well. So that that that's where that's where we are with that. I think I really do hope that they're able to do that because I think that it would be a good idea. But yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree, super. I don't want them to mainstream it. I don't want them to try and turn it into a franchise. As I told as I told John and when we talked before, make it a rare duology where you have literally the dark and the light. Wouldn't it be amazing if you had a box set of just two movies and it's Joker? which deals obviously with the falling down into insanity. And then you have Batman, which is about like a detective and it's all about the good guy. And it's all about the light side. That could be amazing. I could already envision the amazing box set work for it. And that would be a box set I would want to buy on 4k. That's for sure. Speaking of which I just pre-ordered on Best Buy the, uh, the Joker steelbook. So the steelbook for it has already been, it's already available for pre-order. Joker has only been out for like three weeks 
and they already have the steelbook available for pre-order, and I want to say they've already revealed what the artwork's going to look like. It's not the best artwork they could use. It's still pretty good. Uh, so I've already pre-ordered mine because it's just, I know I'm going to want to buy it, and I'm starting to collect those steelbooks, so... Alex McCarthy says, a movie I bought today, Three from Hell, was out in theaters for like a day or two in September. Now it's already on Blu-ray. Don't know how I feel about it, but it's a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, I've never been a fan of his movies personally, but I know that he definitely has an audience. Everyone says, I was laughing my ass off over hearing Gemini Man flopping in the box office. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what anyone else expected. It's a, it's a film script that was tossed around for about 20 years in Hollywood. No one wanted to touch it. Ang Lee... The same one that did the Incredible, uh, not Incredible, but the same one that did Ang Lee's Hulk before Incredible Hulk was made and, and saved the Hulk franchise, in my opinion. It was so bad. But Ang Lee, who's done some really great things and has done some really terrible things, decided, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to shoot it in a high frame rate 3D. And everyone's going to want to see it in high frame rate 